Hello everyone, I'm Javen, the Marketing and Communications Guy, and welcome, or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe. But most importantly, we hope that what you hear impacts you so that you can then go and impact generations for Jesus. Well, again, we want to welcome you to Impact Life Church. If you're visiting today, this is home. When we pulled up today, our two-year-old, our newly two-year-old said, home, home. I said, yeah, that's true. This is a place that you can call home. So what we're going to do to start off our very first service in 2020 is we really want to give the Lord honor and thanks for everything that he did in this church in 2019. Mm -hmm, absolutely. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Six to eight whole days ago. Uh, but just why don't you start it off, Jamie? A couple of highlights that we wanted just to share on behalf of what, yeah, like what Jamie said, what the Lord has been doing through us as a, as a local church. And it's, it's amazing. I'll just start it off there. It's amazing. And it's only going to get gooder from here. So that's, that's good news. So why don't you go ahead keep going on. And it is so important in our <clears throat> lives, but also in the life of our church family. We can go into 2020 like we just did in worship. We are raring to go, but we do want to take a moment and say, you know what? God did a lot last year, and we want to give him some thanks for that. And we want to really let you know, because here we could be celebrating together or with our team, and you're thinking, well, we don't know everything that happened. So here is a brief snippet of 2019. So first of all, our vision or our, our theme for 2019 was to move forward yep. now what was the year before what was 2018 um you should just answer that <laughs> it's, it's what i'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah expanding <laughs> and extending expand right <laughs> and extend now god gave us that word first the very next year he said okay you've expanded and extended now i want you to move, move forward. forward and what was the scripture and the scripture had? you see actually right there numbers 13 30 let's go up and take the land now we can do it oh man that was awesome <laughs> just and actually, even before that, it was Isaiah 54 when the, lo the Lord told the nation of Israel, you're going to extend your tent pegs, get them broader, make plenty of elbow room for your extending and growing family. Awesome. So with that, with that, that happened right over there, move forward. Then this past June, as you can see, we bought two new properties uh, as of June 2nd. It was phenomenal. It was exciting. It was... Ah! So right now, we actually, on December 28th, we knocked down the one that's there. So, you know, people are kind of saying, oh, like... What's this going to turn into? Actually, that looks a lot better now without the house on it. I don't know if you agree, but... And when you're driving on gates, you can actually see the church building now. So it's awesome. So what? we're going to temporarily use it as a parking lot, but I'll just tell you this. The ultimate goal for these new properties that we're looking at is we're going to build a new auditorium. That's, that's going to happen. So we're excited about that. And then as we continue to move forward, we are like buy more of those properties. We're able to do more things with that. But our first goal right now, we're, so it's going to be a temporary parking lot for now. And then um, we'll be moving into an auditorium as we, as we build the funds for that as well. So that was huge, exciting news. Uh, and then this June as well, we had our legacy offering that we took up and all of y'all just sought the Lord and just said, Lord, what can we do? What's our part for helping this? And so on that, or that was June the 2nd, the amount given for the two properties was $80,455.18. That was awesome. So that went directly to those new properties. And to this day, we owe about 330000 but we know that's going to be paid off very, very soon. We're, we're no, we know that. So... Wonderful. You know what I think is so exciting about that is that scripture we read in Move Forward, Let's Go and Take the Land, God gave us that scripture before these properties came up, Yeah. right? 
that I think that's important to yep. note. God was preparing us as a church yep. family. It was September. We got, or no, it was um, August of 2017. Yep. And then we bought it 20, or sorry, 18, 27, 2018. That's awesome. So as you guys know, our vision here is to impact generations for Jesus. And a major way that we've done that in this past year is through our weekend services. So throughout 2019, we ran two weekend services um, for every month except for the summer, um, because you Albertans tend to go off and seek the heat in the summer. But we ran two whole services, one in here on Sunday mornings and one over in our Connect Lounge. We call it the living room service that impacted a different crew on Saturday night. So we do want to celebrate that because if you look at these numbers, we have had over 400 people in 2019 called this their church home. That's a big deal. Now you may just see a certain select few on a Sunday or a Saturday, depending on what church or what service you attend. But if we got everyone together, 400 people last year said, this is my church family. And that doesn't even include all the Upregos out there. That's, <laughs> we're not the desperate people. You're two, you're two, you're a few. <laughs> this, this is part of our church growth. Plan. This is, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So then among our services, as you've noticed, we're getting full in here. We had, I think, an average of 327 people attend here on a weekly basis to our services on a Saturday or Sunday. Um, one of our main priorities, we've got four priorities as a church, and one of them is to be a distribution center of the word in every form. Mm -hmm. So we're talking preaching on a Sunday morning. That's one way we get the word out. But we also use the message that came on a Sunday and get it out in various forms. So we get it out via podcast. We broadcast and stream those ser these services. Um, we have them archived so you can think, hey, Pastor Joel was teaching on faith months ago and there was something I wanted to hear and you can go back to it. We've been getting the word out in printed form a little bit more this year as well. So do you want to read these numbers? Yeah, you bet. These numbers are fun. So average live stream audience. So this is something that we stream. We live stream right now. Hey, everybody live stream. Welcome to this morning and also Facebook live. And so we're averaging weekly 117 people through that. Um, average podcast audience throughout the week. So that's when they, you know, they either they download the podcast and they listen it throughout the week. It's 115 a week. Um, total podcast listens over the year. We're at 5,978 listens and average YouTube audience every week is 66 and total YouTube messages listened over the year is 34, 3,412 people. So that's great. That's just the beginning because we really just launched this, this past year. So that's a really good place to sow. And well, all we're doing is just being obedient to the Lord and telling us what we're going to do. And basically, we're going to do a lot more um, filming, a lot more production side of it, because that's where people are on. They're on their phones. I bet you half y'all are on your phones at the moment. So that's, this is what we want to do, is we want to reach that phone. That's what we're going after. And so we'll continue to preach the word that way. All right, so giving, yeah. Um, which one was this for? Giving the amount sold, oh yeah, to other ministries. So as a church family, when you, when you tithe and you sow here, guess what? It doesn't just stay here. You are also involved in what is called twice seed, sown seed, which is good news. So it's not like all of a sudden you bring your tithe here and now it just stays within this. No, we are hungry for the gospel to get out across this planet, especially across this nation. And so this past year, 2019, from January to December, we've sowed $145,818.63. 
That went to the work of the word going forth in other ministries, other ministers across this nation, across, you know, friends and family that we have in the States. It just, it goes out. And so that's what we're doing there. And then although this past year, Benevolence has went up to $7,500 through this past year, we were able to help families, you know, pay for, just within our church, we're able to help families, you know, rent um, some payments, just different things like that. Maybe you have more details on those. Is food needs, um, people needed help with rent, people needed help with, you know, reconnecting with their families. So we did a lot of that work as well. And so we thank you for all that. Next, just want to let you know that there were a lot of guests that came through this year. Now, not every guest fills out a card, but of those who filled out their information and said, hey, yeah, I visited you today. We had 121 new people let us know, hey, I visited throughout this last year. So if you're looking around and thinking, there's a lot of new faces, yeah, there is. The exciting thing about that is so many new friends for you guys to get to know. So introduce yourself to someone after the service today because yeah. there are guests. Um, also, this is really fun. Just needed you guys to know how many crepes and donuts you <laughs> Y'all eat a lot, man. This is a big deal. <laughs> Throughout 2019. And now, this is from Marie who said these are legit exact numbers. They literally track everything. 3,401 crepes were served. 3,045 muffins. And oh, donuts are losing. 2,960 donuts. I mean, Come on, we got to pick that up, donuts, folks. <laughs> And you may be wondering, why do you have to do that? Well, let me just ease your conscience as to why. One of the things that we really are passionate about here is that we make sure we break down any kind of barriers that would stop people from seeing or receiving Jesus. You don't know how many comments we get from newcomers that even have maybe a ton of families or people new to church that have you know, large families. They hear that there's crepes. You, you guys do that? How much does it cost? It is free. What? What? Oh, yeah, that's see. So part of the reason why it is, it's not just, you know, we like to, you know, <laughs> give you muffins and oven to eat. It's really just to break down a barrier so that people can see Jesus to a greater level. And it's, it's been a really amazing talking point that whether you realize it or not, Impact Life Church, yeah, there's known for a few things. They got crepes over there. Excellent. Well, perhaps slight, just slightly more important than the crepes is how we have impacted our community in this past year. Now, we've got a number of, of little outreaches that we have started up in different seasons. We have something called Impact Red Deer, and they do something different um, depending on the season. We also had our major Camp Edge, which we have been running how many years now? Are we almost in our... This will be our 10th year running Camp Edge. It's become quite an, um, an outreach in our community. But this year we had 238 kids attended over the three days. Now, look at this number. In order to reach those children, we needed 43 adults from this congregation who helped and 22 junior leaders who were getting trained up to be the next adult leaders. So that was awesome this past year. Yeah. Um, Kids Night Out. Now, Kids Night Out is like a mini, mini, mini Camp Edge that runs every single month. So we encourage you, if you are have a heart for outreach, this is a place we could really use your help because they're reaching on average uh, just over 100 kids every month right here in the sanctuary and 148 kids received jesus at kids night out in 2019 isn't that awesome good job team on that one now impact red deer as we said they've had various different events in april they had an easter event up at normando school over in the north and just really blessed families just a really cool outreach opportunity there was fries Hot chocolate, of a big yep. Easter egg hunt. There was like a, a legit person running around in an Easter bunny costume. 
they did an awesome job. In the fall, um, they've gone around and they've um, knocked on doors, given out free Cobb's Bakery items and done a cleanup. Um, we've had so many testimonies come out of Impact Red Deer. And then just this past month, December, in December, yep. yeah, you guys did a Christmas one. Now, I had to stay home because it was so cold for the baby, but you were there. But we were there. It was awesome. Went door to door, able to, again, give give some nice, what were they, pastries, just to go knock on people's door. Merry Christmas. Jesus loves you with no strings attached. And we actually got a few cards that came in the mail just to go, wow, thank you, church. So again, those are just open doors that we get into people's hearts and just show them that God is good. And as a church, we're just representing him. That's, that's our job there with no strings attached to the love of God. Awesome. Um, yeah, the next part we have, just equipped. We had e equipped, and this is one thing that we do. Uh, we're going to continue to do more of, because again, one of our priorities here at the church is to be a training and distribution center of leaders in every generation. So we held an equip meeting this past fall um, and we ha so hosted, sorry, two equip leadership training days. We had one with Chip Brim um, and we're hoping to get him back in someday again as well. But we also do it for kids as well. So it's not just kids are getting babysat downstairs. We are training your kids to be leaders in their generation. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but that is one of the biggest turn-ons to me is knowing that my kids, as they're down there, they're not only learning about Jesus, but they're learning how to lead in Jesus. And so that's what we continue to do, and we will continue to do more of because that's one of our main priorities here as a church. Yeah. Um, just to, to, as we finish off here, a couple of the other big events that we did this year. We had our first Impact Women's Conference called Freedom Story. Just over 100 women came out for that weekend. We had an awesome time, and we believe it was the start of something. So we'll be doing more of those yep. as time goes on. And you guys were men, so you yep, weren't we allowed had... there, but... No, it's right. But we had our own bro vent, because that's what bros do. <laughs> and we talked about sex and bacon. So I don't know if there's another better topic than to say, hey, sex and bacon. What? Let's go eat and let's talk about sex. So that's when we had Blaine... <laughs> We had Blaine Bartellin and did an awesome men's event and it was, just, it was a phenomenal time. And we'll continue. Keep your ears open, men. Yeah. For sex and bacon. For sex and bacon, I don't know. But we'll continue to meet as we continue to grow this as well. <laughs> Perfect. Another thing to majorly celebrate, and this is under Pastor Sheila and her pastoral care department, they launched a new thing at Impact Life Church this year called Freedom Session. And we have been seeing so much fruit out of that already. We are so blessed to have that ministry operating here. Freedom Session is to help us look, um, look at the, the past pains or maybe even current pains we've been facing in our lives and see it through the eyes of Jesus and be able to clearly apply scripture to that hurt, to apply God's forgiveness to it and to be able to learn some tools to really move forward. And so we're so thankful that ministry is a September till May discipleship journey and so we're glad this is the first of many years for us yeah so session. all those that are doing it there's 39 of you well done like they're they're on their second book now so oh thank god Keep going. Second You're book. Awesome. so it's awesome it's every tuesday they meet here and they do that mm -hmm. all right another first for us this year we put on our first parenting weekend Woohoo! we did a friday night and a saturday morning and that was a wonderful time we just feel called to just help us because we're in the thick of it too. But, but parents now we're dealing with, um, 
We're dealing with some crazy stuff in the world, and we really wanted to put on a weekend where we talk about, hey, it may be dark out there, but God has placed us as parents and our kids as kids in this era, and hey, how do we equip them to go out there and change their world? So yep. again, that was the start of something we believe Impact Life Church is called yep. to, and we'll be continuing that. Yeah, but thank bet. you to you guys who came out and got some equipping that weekend. Absolutely. And next we had our encounter night. This was our first one that we had done, uh, and it was phenomenal. They did a great job, and what we're going to continue to do is just to be a place of worship and praise to our God. And uh, that's what we designated this place to be. That's what it has been all these years under with Pastor John and Ingrid. It's a place where we worship our King. And when we do that, man, things start to change and things start to happen. So worship team, thank you for that sound guys there. Thank you for that. We're going to continue uh, to do more of those as well. And just to finish up here with the last, last but definitely not least, just to give you guys a quick update on our generations department, because as you know, kids have been having their own full on services um, downstairs for what almost two years now so you don't get to see them all the time but what's happening downstairs is phenomenal as pastor Joel said what the kids are getting downstairs is the uncompromised Word of God in fun bite-sized kid size packages yep. and so we are so thankful for the team who does that I know they're always looking for more because as Pastor Joel said, we're constantly growing our kids' ministry, <laughs> so we're constantly needing more impactors. But just so you guys know what is happening down there, um, really they've had, um, where am I here? Sorry. Our kids experience a service where the love of God is made real to them through our worship, word-centered teaching, and kid-focused lessons. They experience word-based teaching in a fun, kid-friendly atmosphere and are taught to passionately pursue God for themselves. That's something that I love that we're not just saying, hey, this is what mom and dad do or maybe your grandparents did, but this is for you. Develop mm -hmm. a relationship with God for yourself. Um, they also run their Kids in Action program downstairs. 17 leaders learning how to minister, learning how to run a service. That's incredible. So those kids grow up to be the next teachers downstairs, which we're so thrilled about. And in our grade one to six class alone, there were 33 salvations last year, 19 of them filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's really cool. So we're thankful for that. We're also thankful for what's been going on in Impact Youth. This year, they were able to branch into two totally separate groups. We got our high schoolers happening in a different format, in a more um, low-key relation-based format where they can ask some of the hard questions. And we've got our junior youth happening every second Wednesday night here at the church. So we're thankful for those groups as well. And just before you uh, take this mic away because you're about ready to preach... I just want to thank everyone who has helped make this happen. Whether it's been your finances that you've sowed and been able to make mm -hmm. Impact Red Deer happen, or maybe it's you physically being there and joining a team. And I want to encourage you, if you're not on a team yet, make 2020 the year where you say, hey God, where should I start? Right? Because, you know, honestly, sometimes it's hard to just be like, well, where, where do I even begin? Do I, I don't even know how to make a crepe. Well, Come and talk to Pastor Sheila after the service. She'll be out there in the hallway, and she will let you know where you can just start. And honestly, God will reward that faithfulness. Yep. So yep. thank you, church, for who you are. Yeah, thank you very you. much. Absolutely. Yeah, that's very true. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right, everyone. Well, let's get into this. Are we ready? Yeah. Man, we serve a good God. I, I love this. I'm excited for this. Uh, if you got your Bible, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, please. And I'm going to start something new this morning, and I want to enter this decade right. You guys realize we just ended a decade. Man, this is nuts. And now we're on two, the, the roaring 20s. Let's go. And uh, 
I want to just share some things with you that are on my heart and not just on my heart. I believe as I was spending time in just in prayer for for this church and for this church family where God's leading us, you know, the, what the Lord's been doing to me, he's been just giving me words and, you know, just simple words. Like, for, for example, the series we're calling today, Available. And uh, throughout this year, God gave us the word, dig deep. Now the time, there's a grace to dig deep. This is the time to do so. And as I was just, you know, spending time meditating, thinking on that word, dig deep, just this word available kept popping up into me. And so this morning, I'm believing God that this is going to, this is going to stir you up. Anybody ready to get stirred? All right, three people. All right, the rest of y'all are going to get stirred because I don't know about you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this year right. Uh, it's intentional. Nothing just happens accidentally. Everything is intentional. And especially when it comes to the kingdom of God, the ways of God, you do it intentionally. And so that's how I'm entering this phase. That's how I'm going into this year. I'm focused. I'm intentional. And I'm wanting to really get, as I said, shared last week, hear from him. And that's going to be my success as I hear and I do what he tells me to do. So this year, we're talking about available, and in that word available, I would just been thinking about this, just this phrase, the second yes, being made available to God in my second yes. And anybody ever heard these Christian songs? We say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. I got your worship team there, Terry. That's, it's just here. We don't even need... We'll just sing acapella from now on. Yes, Lord. But there's so many of those songs. We say, yes, Lord. And that really just got kind of stirred up in me a little bit again. Just starting to hear this yes, Lord, and making myself available to God this year, and just hearing the word yes. And I want to talk this morning to you about the second yes. Before I you know, get into that, I want to really just lay out how it all started, is that first God gave us his yes. God gave us a Yes. So I want you just to think about that. God's word to you this morning is yes. His word to you this year is yes. What are you believing him for? Yes. And I want to just show you the verse for this. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'll pick it up in verse 19. And right here, this, if you kind of, I'm kind of picking up right where Paul is talking. But at this point, you know, the Corinthian church kind of think Paul's a bit flaky. He's kind of, he's saying yes, sometimes he's saying no, he's not really making up his mind because he promised to go there, but then something happened to him, so he wasn't able to get to that time. And so they thought, well, who is this Paul? He says yes one day, now he says no, he can't make it. Well, Paul picks up on that, and he's saying, well, that's not really who I am, and he says, more importantly, that's not who our God is. God's not a yes, okay, today's a good, ah, maybe not tomorrow because, you know, I'm a little bit grumpy tomorrow. No, it's, it's always yes with him. And so he picks up, he says, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. Aren't you thankful for that? There's no, I don't know. Hey, Papa, can we watch you know, that movie at 7 o'clock tonight? That's kind of where I may be. No. Right? God says yes or no. He doesn't waver in that. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. Can we read that last sentence together? He always does what he says. He always does what he says. Whatever he said, he'll do it. That's why you may be wondering, how come I'm not really hearing God's voice? Well, sometimes God doesn't want to say a whole lot because everything he says, he's got to do. So you've got to go to his word and find out what he's already said because that he will do. Right? Go there. Verse 20. It says, for all. Everybody say all. All of what? All of God's promises have been fulfilled. So wait, are we waiting for God to fulfill his promises? No, they've already been done. You've already got it. 
This is, again, a new mindset we're coming in in 2020. It's not we're waiting for God to fulfill his promises. That goes against what he said. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding... Oh, say it like it's been resounded. Yeah! It's a resounding yes. And now notice this. And through Christ, our... Our... Which means... Our yes. So... Uh, God's promises, they give you a resounding yes, and through Christ, our yes ascends to his glory. God needs your yes. Say it with me, yes. yes. This is what he needs. He needs your yes to ascend to his glory. Look at verse 21. Continues, it says, it is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as his first installment that guarantees everything that he has promised to us. So this morning, what I want to show you this is that the gospel really is the gospel of yes. If you think about it for a moment, I'm just, I wrote down a couple of thoughts for myself. But if God's saying yes to me today, but God's goodness is expressed to me through his favorite word, yes. This is God's goodness. This is how he expresses it to you. Yes. I mean, if you just stop and think about it already, the yes to creation, the yes to the cross and the resurrection, the yes to Jesus dying on the cross and shedding his blood. He said yes to all of that. Right? Can you see that? He already said yes. He said yes to the forgiveness of your sin. He said yes to establishing you as the righteousness of God. He said yes to you and your God-given destiny. He's already said yes to it. He's already done that. Now I want to give you a few things. One thing that, you know, the Lord just told me when I was prepping for this, he says, Joel, sometimes you need to have a, a yes fest. I said, yeah, then this, this is actually good. Just to remember, go over some of the yeses and just have a little festival of it, right? And so I sat, you know, I was, I'm working in a, in a shop this, this past week, and I just started thinking about some of the yeses he's already proclaimed. So let me share a few of them with you. Yes, this is God, I'm God speaking. I've already committed to you for eternity, <laughs> that's big in itself. He's saying, yes, I'm committed to you for what? For eternity. How did he do that? When, if you read again, first Corinthians, or it's right here. When he gave you the Holy Spirit, uh, the Passion Bible says it's like the engagement ring. What you got when you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God engaged you. So what do you do? He gave you the ring and he put the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. That now, whenever you give husbands or guys, whenever you give the girl the ring, what is that doing? Saying, I'm promising you that one day we will get married. Hopefully, you know, within the year, not 10 years from now. now that's, that's a problem, right? But when I put the ring on that girl's finger, first of all, I got to get a ring on that thing quick because, man, there's a, probably a bunch of other guys I want that. So I'm putting it on there. But once the ring is on, what am I declaring? That I am going to vow myself to you that one day we are going to get married. You're welcome. <laughs> She's saying thanks. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering what kind of arrogant piece of work this guy is. No, I, she said thank you. <laughs> but this is what God did. First of all, he's committed to you for eternity. So what you have right now is a down payment for what's to come. Wow. Next, yes, God has chosen you to be the center of his love and acceptance, Ephesians 1.4. He chose you from the foundation of the world. He said yes to you being chosen. Next, he says, yes, by the stripes of my son Jesus, you are healed. He said yes to that. Everybody say yes. yes. Woo. 
all the promises of God are almost going to get fulfilled. No, all of God's promises have been fulfilled. Right, can you go back to verse 20 there on the screen, guys? You can just follow with me. Then it says, yes, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in me now. When is that? Now. Now. Yes, it's already done. Have yourself a yes fest. Put yourself in remembrance of all the yeses he's already accomplished. Oh, we're just waiting for the power of God. No, 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 no. You're not waiting on the power of God. He already put it on the inside of you when he gave you the down payment of the Holy Spirit. Listen, that down payment is bigger than any kind of ring you can give anybody. It's already the promise of everything Jesus has done. He's already been sealed. And then the future of what's yet to come. Heaven's our destiny, man. We get to go there. So when someone goes home to be with the Lord, it's like, oh man, they beat me. <laughs> All right. Next is, yes, Jesus became poor for your sake so that in return, he made you rich. What does God say? Yes to that. Everybody say, yes, I am rich. How'd that feel? Felt good. It's already done. Next, he goes on to say, yes, I promise to never leave you. I promise to never fail you. I promise to never abandon you. God says, yes. So now what does he need now in order for glory to be ascended to him? He needs our yes to what he just said. He needs our agreement. As long as we keep looking and going, oh man, I just don't know if I'm, okay, you said that I'm rich. Well, my bank account says no. You're not agreeing with what he did. Right? Oh, yeah, you, know, you say by stripes I'm healed. Well, I'm not seeing it. You Just agree with what he said. Why? Because God's looking. He wants the glory. He deserves all the glory. So what does he need in order for the glory to be given? He needs your, think about it, he needs your and my, yes, I agree to that. I believe that. Right? Okay. So now let's talk real briefly about what is our first yes. And I brought some arts and crafts with me this morning. God needs our? Yes. This is the first response. So you heard the gospel. You heard the goodness of God and what he's able to do. And you said? Yes. "Yes." What did that do? When you got born again, guess what it did to God? It gave him glory. Right? He got thrilled with it. He got excited about it. So let me just talk to you real briefly. What is the first yes? The first yes is a response to what God has already done for us in Christ, it's simply agreeing with what he already did. Now, Romans chapter 10, I'll just, you have it on the screen here. But let me just, let me read this first. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, or by believing in your heart that you are made, it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. That is your first yes. Now, the first yes is easy. Right? It's easy. You can talk to anybody on the street. You can talk to anybody in Walmart. You can talk to anybody. Share openly the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that first yes is, is easy. Right? It's, it's already a done work. It's already finished. <laughs> Yes to the forgiveness of sins. Yes to believing that Jesus did as a sacrifice for us. And so now with also this yes, as I just said, God needs our yes. Look at Philemon chapter 1 verse 6. Now this is what part of this yes is. And this is what, again, you hear a lot of this in churches. And you hear a lot of different ministers talk this way and trying to get you and I to understand the yes that we've said. Right? This is what we spend so much of our time on. Just agree with God. 
Just go back to what he said. This is the easy part of it. So we got to get this firmly established in us that I say yes so that God can get glory for what he did in Jesus. He needs it from you. I don't know what my destiny is. No, stop it. Lord, I agree. You have a destiny for me. I believe it. I receive it. Now show me it. He'll show it. He'll reveal it to you, but agree with him first. Now Philemon, he very clearly tells you and I, he says that the sharing of your faith may become effective. We need to have effective faith, our effective yes working. How do we get effectively by it? By acknowledging every good thing that is in me, which is in Christ Jesus. So how does God get glory? It's by you agreeing with what he's already done. He gets glory when you say, by his stripes, I am healed. I believe that. Yes to that, Lord. Meanwhile, your body's going, blah, 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 blah. no, I say yes to what he did. This is the fight of faith. I say yes, and regardless of what I see out here, I say yes that you, you came and give me peace. In all the turmoil that we see out here, I say yes that you gave it to me. This is the fight of faith that you and I are part of. We're not fighting the symptoms. We're looking at what he said and refusing to fear, refusing to doubt, refusing to worry and get off the word that he told us that he said he would do. This is our fight, right? This is the first yes. This is all making sense? Okay. The first yes is powerful. Say it with me. It's powerful. The first yes is powerful, but too many believers get stuck in the first yes. What we need to do is we got to move on to the second yes. Everybody say the second yes now. This is my second yes. And I think I'll just I'll add this point in here. I'm feeling it's right. What if success for you this year would be to adding more depth to your yes? More depth to it rather than just, oh, yes, Lord. No, what does that mean? What am I saying yes to? Okay, I believe you, God. In my first yes, I believe you in this. Now, the second yes, before I tell you what the second yes is, I'm going to just read a couple of attributes about the second yes. Number one, the second yes, it's a yes that threatens the kingdom of darkness, and it's a yes that advances the kingdom of God. Anybody can say yes the first time. Now, what about the second time? <laughs> All right, Next attribute of the second yes. It's an all-in yes. It's a yes that goes beyond feelings. It goes beyond emotions. It's a yes that is unmoved no matter what the devil throws my way. It's a yes. And you say yes before any of this happens. It's a yes to stay when you want to go. It's a yes to go when you want to stay. Yes. Next, it's a yes that positions me to be a vessel for Jesus to use. And lastly, this, is, yes, this yes is the most fulfilling yes that you could ever experience. People are looking for fulfillment in life. People are looking for, oh, Lord, how come life is so dull to me? It's because you haven't committed to the second yes yet. So let's talk about the second yes. Everybody doing okay? All right, then let's just, let's just have a conversation about a little bit of, of what this looks like. And uh, you mean, if you think about it, this second yes, and this is the, the example that I want to give you is, is Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. What did he do at the Garden of Gethsemane? What was his will before going to the cross? If there's any other way, have you ever said that before? If there's any other way to do this, please show me. But then he went on to say, yet not my will, but your will be done. That is a committed yes. Listen, what's the devil fighting people over? He's fighting people over their second yes. The first yes, 
Ah, that's, that's, that's simple. There's nothing the devil can do. Man, do you tell somebody about the good news of God, the gospel? You tell them what Jesus has done. That is the easiest yes to proclaim. Now what Jesus demands and commands of you and I is to give him his second yes. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to start this year giving more depth to my second yes than I've ever done it before. Lord, I am yours. You are mine. What does this second yes look like? And so this has kind of been my journey over, you know, I'd say probably from November on. And just been thinking about this phrase, thinking about this word, making myself available to him. So what this yes is right now, this yes is a setting apart of our lives to be like Christ. You may have heard that before. Again, I'm not trying to complicate it. It's simple. What is this yes? This yes is a setting apart. A setting apart, a consecration, a holiness, a setting apart from who I am, from what I would like to be like Christ. And when you do this, guess what? You will be the move of God. This is what, because that, that was another thought that I had was, okay, making the second yes. Now it, it turns from me looking for a move of God to me now becoming the move of God. A lot of times we're looking for the next conference or the next big meeting or the next, you know, big time preacher that can come through our doors and who's going to stir us up and all of a sudden something magical will happen. It doesn't work that way. It never has. How do I know? I've been disappointed over and over and over again, looking for something out here or for someone to give me something. And I go, oh, that's it. Every time I've looked for that, no, no word of a lie. Every time I've looked for that, I've gotten a word from the minister who told me press in. can't you just lay hands on me and all of a sudden, and now I'm like Superman, like just give me something. But every time I went looking for this, the last time that it happened was, uh, you know, about a year ago. And this, all of a sudden I was just, it was stirring in my heart. These people were there and I'm like, Lord, I, I know you got something for me. What is it? And all of a sudden they didn't, they didn't do it here. They pulled me in the back room and say, Hey, we want to talk to you for a sec. And then he started like boldly speaking in tongues over me, like loud like, I'm not just talking the, oh, solo, no, he was so good, and he started yelling at me, and went, and I just stood there, okay, Lord, what, what are you doing? And right afterwards, the lady had an interpretation, he told me, press in. <laughs> While he had his hands waving, I'm like, trying to get into it, like, come on, come on, come on, give me something, nothing. So what's the word? Press in. Why? Because I am the move of God. When? When I press into this second yes. Jesus didn't look for it. He was the only man on earth. He was the move of God on the earth. Now, thank God, all y'all have Jesus living on the inside of you. Imagine if we allowed and we said, we said yes to the move of God in us. Woo, watch out, Red Deer. Oh, man. Watch out, Central Alberta. Watch out, Alberta. I, it's dangerous when people give their yes. This is the yes that Jesus committed to and he died for. The second yes. And what he did, when he did that second yes, we are now accepted into the kingdom of God as if we've never done a thing wrong because his blood purified us. The second yes is powerful. But here's the thing, the devil will fight your second yes. He will go all out for it. <laughs> because again, the first yes is easy, the second yes is going to cost you something. Number one, again, this yes is the setting apart of our lives to be like Christ. Number two about this second yes, this yes is following his plan for our lives. It's following. Everybody say follow. It's following his plan for our lives. It's following a leader. It's laying down mine for his. I wanted to move to New York. 
I wanted to go live in the States. I wanted to do my soccer career. I wanted this. For my laying down, not only that too, but I remember just when I finally gave, I felt a part of my second yes. Like there's, I think there's, there's depths to it. When I first said yes to Jesus, and I'm talking about, you know, after I had, you know, I, I was, you know, living in the bar, doing the bar scene, you know, doing all that cool stuff that the world thinks is awesome. And all of a sudden we had a service here and the lady called me out and said, all right, Joel, it's, it's in front of everybody. Gave me correction. Thank you, Lord. That's the one that I was, <laughs> I could have used that a little while ago in front of you do it in front anyways. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> but I got my life back on track. And so I remember at that moment, I said, okay, Lord, I'm in. And I remember at that, it took me a little bit, kind of like, you know, those little Coke vending machines that you see in order to dip, to tip the Coke over. It's just, and then it crashed down. Well, after a little bit of time, I remember my, the depth to my, my yes was actually a letting go of relationships and friendships that I had were not bringing me in the right direction. I said, okay, God, that's it. And I remember finally telling my friends, and we went to the gym, like we hung out together all the time. I'm like, it's, it's like too much, Joel, too much. There's never too much. There's always more. So we were always there together. And so I remember finally at one time, I was just eating on the inside of me because, you know, they're chirping off, they're talking this, they're saying that, they're talking about who's going to get drunk where, and all this kind of stuff. And finally, it was bubbling in the inside of me. I had to just say, guys, I'm going to Bible school. <sighs> now spot me. <laughs> And they all looked at me like, what? Housing, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to Bible school next fall. I'm, I cannot do this anymore. One of them, okay, buddy. Yeah, okay. No, no, I, like for real. I registered. My cousin got me the papers. I have to do it. I'm in. <laughs> so then over time, what was, the, what was the, that part of my depth? It was saying, okay, Lord, I'm following. If I have to let go of this relationship, Lord, I'm willing so that I can go closer to you. Whatever your depth may look like this year, take it. If it's okay, I got to take more time spending in his presence, then do it. Don't just wait for some depth to fall on you. It's intentional. You got to go after this depth on your own. And I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for this thing. But that second, yes, it, what did it do? It, it hurt a bit because now those guys, guess what? Next time they went to the gym, they didn't call me. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I remember going there one morning and I saw all four of them there. I went, what's up? When they call, started calling me, you know, Bible boy and pastor's kid, and what are you going to preach at us now? And I mean, whatever, they were making jokes about it, but every time there's a joke, there's a little bit of subtlety in there. I know, I know. But you know what? One of them, on his 19th birthday, I went over to his birthday party, and I mean, they were all drunk as a skunk, and I finally got a text by accident probably saying, hey man, there's a big party here. So I went late, and I went over there, and the guy came out afterwards and said, Joel, even though you're, you're doing your Bible thing now, and he's a little drunk. So you get the truth, right? When somebody's a little in that zone, the truth comes up a little bit. And so he's just like, hey, but you know what? I sure respect you. Yeah, you bet your butt you do. Loser. <laughs> but after that, you know what? Every time there's a crisis or every time that there's something going off in their life, guess who they call? Bible man. <laughs> <laughs> I come running in. Oh, yes, you called? Sorry, I was just reading. What would it, was it? <laughs> but that's our second yes. So whatever the depth is to it, I encourage you, let's go for it. 
So this is the setting apart. And this is what I want to make mention. This is what I'm focusing on this year. It's me setting myself apart from the world more and more. Did you know that's a good thing? Why? Because the world doesn't work. Nothing in its system, nothing in its way of thinking works. Its financial system is messed up. <laughs> its healthcare system is messed up. They're, you know, what they're trying to look for out there, they're trying to get it by natural means. It's not there because God is the only source. Let me show you this in John chapter 17, verse 13 through 19. Now, I really encourage you, I would study these, this passage. This is Jesus praying before he went to the cross and he's praying for you. He's praying for me. And I want to just read a part of it to you because there's some parts in here that are just profound. And what I'm focusing again on right at this moment is the setting apart. Church, it's time that we become more set apart and stop looking like them. You cannot reach them looking like them. They are attracted to something higher. Everybody's looking for a supernatural experience. And guess what? You are a supernatural being temporarily sent here for a human existence. As long as we keep trying to look like them and trying to reach them through their means, it will not work. There's a part of this that you see. And part of this, I believe this, that the next strong move of God you're going to see is in the purity realm. And don't just think sexual. Don't just get like that. Not talking about people not having sex before they're married. People that hold off that long and have, you know, sex problems in, inside them all the time. That's not pure. I held off. Yeah, but you're a ghost on the inside. Right? We're not looking at that. I'm talking about a pure desires on the inside. I believe that with all my heart. And that's where we're heading. But part of it is a setting apart. We've got to look different from them. We've got to think different. We've got to act different. We've got to talk different from what's going on out there. Why, wow, they'll be attracted to you. Sure, there's going to be persecution. And we're going to get to that in a sec. Because it says, anybody who desires to live godly in this life will what? Will suffer. Everybody say suffer. suffer. Oh, that's fun, isn't it? <laughs> suffer persecution. But before you get your hopes down on that, I'm, let me boost you up first. <laughs> This is Jesus, and he's praying halfway through his prayer. He says, now I'm returning to you, talking to God. I'm saying these things in the world's hearing so my people can experience my joy completed in them. I gave them, what did Jesus come to give us? I gave them your word. And if you're wondering what kind of church this is, this is a word church. We go, we go about what Jesus says. I gave them your word. The godless world hated them. Who's the them? Us. Why do they hate us? Because of the word. It's not personal. It's personal with Jesus in the world. It's not personal with you. So my friend stopped calling me to go to the gym. I took it personally because it hurt. But then as I started growing up and as my, my second year started to deepen, I'm noticing this. They're saying no to him. They're not saying it to me. I'm the one that maybe felt it, but it goes back to him. Why does the world hate you? Because of the word. So this, you have to ask yourself the question, if the world is in love with me, how much of the word am I living in? Just a question. But you need to ask yourself this question. Because again, I'm talking about going and being ourselves set apart for him to be a vessel that he can use in this next decade. Yeah, thank you, baby. <laughs> next part. Because, now notice this, they hated us because of the word. And he goes on, because they didn't join the world's ways. 
This is his prayer, that they don't join their ways. Now, I'm not talking about absolutely, you know, get, have nothing to do with them. You can't reach them if you're not in it, <laughs> right? So don't just go weird, oh, that's the world people, I don't talk to you. You used to be one of them. <laughs> so what he's saying is just don't jump back in that lifestyle. Pull them out. Show them what God's like. Show them, because listen, darkness has, no, has no, no standard at all. But light has everything to lose. There's standards in light. There's no standards in darkness. Whatever, what's, what's the standard for darkness? If it feels good, do it. That's the standard. In light, there's a whole new standard. Why? Because you got the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. And it's not the standard bringing you down. It's pulling you to another way of living. There's a whole other way of living from this natural world that the world is stuck in. So what, does God, what is Jesus praying? He's not praying and saying, put a bunch of rules around them, God, so that they won't be like the world. No, he's saying, separate them. Be, well, they don't join the world's ways. I want to pull them out so that they can live like I lived. How did Jesus live? You want to walk on water? I would love to have my buddies. Hey, guys, you didn't like me then? Watch me walk across Sylvan. <laughs> now he's talking. Right now we're looking over for this. People that are hurting, people that are broken. Man, we lay hands on the sick and see them. <gasps> How'd you do that? It's living this way because I'm not joining the world's ways. Anyways, just as this is Jesus, just as I didn't join the world's ways. Yet did he have dinner and supper with the heathens? Sure he did. So it's not saying you excommunicate them. He's saying I didn't join in anything that they did. He said, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world but that you guard them from the evil one. Now, I don't know about you. If Jesus is praying this, I'm well protected. I cannot be touched. Oh, what's all happening out there? Jesus prayed, he's going to guard me from the evil one. I believe that. I believe that. Anybody else believe that? I believe that. No plane is going to go down when I'm on it. No car is going to hit me when I'm driving. Why? Because I'm guarded from the evil one. He goes on to say, there are, they are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. So what defines you? The word. Click. Go to the next part of it, I think. Make them holy. Now don't go weird with holy. Holy just means set apart. Consecrated with the truth. Your word is consecrating, your word is setting apart truth. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. I'm consecrating myself for their sakes, so they'll be truth consecrated in their mission. So you are here not just for an earthly existence waiting for one day to turn, you know, 110 and then you're dead. There's more to it than that. You're here with a mission. Well, how do I get involved in the mission? Look up above it. I need to be consecrated. I need to be set apart. Why? So that I know what the mission is and I fulfill my part of the mission. Well, how do I get set apart? How do I get consecrated? Your word is consecrating truth. So what's going to set you apart from the world? What's going to set you apart from other Christians that are out there? The word. It's the word. While people are joking and Christians are joking, oh, that's just killing me. Okay, well, I'm going to stick with what the Word says and how the Word thinks. You are going to look so quacked out to them, but this is why, because you are not part of that system. Anyway, I think I'm weird right now. Okay, just making sure that we're all on the same page. This is where we're heading. 
And as I, listen, as the more and more tighter that these end days come, it's like a sliver, right? It gets real thick at the end. And the more and more that you get into the toe, it gets skinnier and skinnier. That's what it's like in these last days. Now these days, it feels like they're getting shorter. Man, these years become shorter. It's the end of these times, and it's going to get narrower and narrower. So the world's going to be putting pressure and pressure. I ain't moved by that. I refuse to be moved by that. Okay. Let's look at this. The setting apart. How are we set apart from the world, from its ways, from its views, from its opinions? Anybody ever listened to the world's opinions? I can just see God, you know, the, you know your, your emojis that you have on your phone? You know the facepalm one? I think it's like a lot of times you hear these um, extravagant thinkers. Progressive thinking. People just talking and sharing their thoughts. Oh, I believe we came from apes. Oh. <laughs> Nuts. And then the world just goes, yeah, they're brilliant. God just goes. And sadly, listen, church, if we get caught up and start hearing what they're saying, oh, but it's a new generation, it's a new culture. The word hasn't changed. The word doesn't need an update. So I'm not going to be part of this. When God starts hearing my opinions come out to somebody else, I don't want God doing this. I want God going, that's my boy. He's thinking like I think. Listen, I even see that when I see my kids do something that I think or that I would do, I go, yeah. Right, parents, you do the same thing, don't you? Right, they all of a sudden said something that you go, I said that. You go, that's what I'm talking about. I don't want to do. Well, what I'm going to do is now the word now becomes my way of thinking. The word becomes my way of reasoning. The word becomes my opinions. This is it. Listen, as a born again child of God, this is for the church at large. You no longer have a right to an opinion. Well, the, the Charters of Rights and Freedom says I have a right to my opinion. As a born-again child of God, you have no more opinion. Your opinion is this. This now is your opinion. Well, how, how is that fair? He died for you. He bled for you. He went to hell for you. He bought you. So guess what? How I think now. He's my boss. He's my Lord. I said yes to him. So guess what? My second yes, my opinions don't need to be what some smart, brilliant guy from Harvard said. That's not my Lord. He didn't die for me. Probably never would. So Jesus did. This is what he says. So be it. I say. I say yes. This is what we're saying yes to. So now we have our first yes. Now this is the part we're talking. Yes. Jesus, I believe in you. At that moment, you lost your opinions. Now, what we're doing now is saying, second yes. See what I did there? One, two, I know. Some kids downstairs helped me draw this. This is it. My second yes. Now, how are we going to be set apart? How are we going to be consecrated? What sets you apart from everything else out there? The word. We're say the word. This is what sets us apart. And this is what Jesus, this is what, I mean, Paul, look here, 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'll finish up with this. And this is Paul talking to his son in the faith, Timothy, who was a young pastor at this time. 
And he's saying some very straight up words. And if you, if you actually read, I encourage you, read 2 Timothy. It encourages you. You hear all the stuff that's going to happen out there. The Holy Spirit predicted, and not just predicted, prophesied this was going to happen 2,000 years before this actually took place. And now we're here, we are living in it. And he's talking about this, that actually in the world, you will see the ungodly flourish. You're going to see them have the money. You're going to see them have all these types of stuff. Right? And let me just read this. Paul says this, you've been a good apprentice to me, a part of my teaching, my manner of life, my direction, my faith, my steadiness, my love, my patience, my troubles, my sufferings, suffering along with me in all the grief I had to put up with in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. And you also well know that God rescued me from it all. So this again, Paul is telling me, you know how I live, Timothy. You've seen me in my life. You've seen me in my worst state. You've seen me behind closed doors. Right? This is what he's saying. You know all this and how much troubles that I went through. But he said, the Lord delivered me out of them all. And then he says, anyone who wants to live all out for Christ, your second yes is in for a lot of... You're in for it. But did you know why on earth would God put you here at this time and day? Listen, if God knew everything, he chose you and me, the very last ones, to usher in his second coming. I believe that. Why didn't he call all these other people before? It's because he needed you and I. He knew there was something in you that would help usher in the second coming, but that no matter what happens out there, we are unmovable. While people are getting all freaked out, I refuse. Like, more than anything, the way that I'm looking at this is not so much a political thing. It's not a conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat. It's what side are you on? Are you on God's side or not? Because listen, God's not on the Democrat side. He's not on the liberals or on the conservative side. He's on God's side. Remember when Joshua appeared before Jericho? What, what, what stood before him? An angel, right? An angel, of, an angel of the Lord came in. He had a sword drawn. Joshua went, what side are you on? Are you on our side or their side? He said, neither. I'm on God's side. So more than anything, what side are you on? It has nothing to do with political side. It has everything to do, are you on his side or not? And this is what he's talking about. Anyone who wants to live all out for Christ in this life has got a lot of trouble. There's no getting around it. <laughs> Don't worry, it gets worse. <laughs> unscrupulous con men will continue to exploit the faith. And as long as these men are out there, it will get worse. There's people that are just in their hearts and minds to, to get rid of the church. That's there. So who are we going to fight? Them? That's a man or a woman. Are you kidding me? They're a, I'm not even going to waste my time with you. It's a, it's a kingdom operation. Then he goes, they're as deceived as the people they lead astray. As long as they are out there, things will only get worse. But notice this. But don't let it phase you. Come on, say that with me. Don't let it phase you. Don't let it phase me. I'm not going to let it phase me. What am I going to do? Stick. We say stick. Got to get sticky. Stick with what? You learned and believed, sure of the integrity of your teachers, sure why you took in the sacred scriptures with your mother's milk. You were brought up in this. 
There, and I can see like <laughs> Timothy's mom breastfeeding him while she's reading the scriptures to him. Like that's the picture I get with that. You've been taught that way. That's how I was taught, just walking around and John 3, 16, forgot so loved that. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, he said, there's nothing like the written word of God. So what I want to do is again, is to bring you our attention. Let's bring the honor up for the word again this year. Put it back up on the pedestal that it deserves. No one, no people, no other book should ever be on a pedestal. The word, it should be on the highest pedestal in our lives. Meaning it has the highest integrity. It has the highest voice over anything else that's out there. Doctor said this. Oh yeah, but Jesus said this. You know what they're saying? Politically speaking, they say this. Oh yeah, but Jesus says this. Have to always put the word where it belongs. He said, there's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way of salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of scripture. It's every part. Every part of it. Look at this. Is God breathed. And it is useful one way or another showing us truth. This is what it does. It shows us truth. Then what else it does? It exposes rebellion, our rebellion. So can I encourage you, be open to correction. Because if you're not getting corrected, listen, you're missing something. This whole life, because people get so, oh, why are you correcting me? Man, simmer down now. This is God. He corrects us. I correct my children six, seven, 70 times a day. What am I doing? I'm training them to be the adults that God needs in this generation. What is that? I would be a horrible dad if they just went around beating the snot out of each other and went, oh, yeah, well, just play nice and just walk away. And turn. No, I'm going to train them. I'm going to usher them up in the Lord. I'm going to show them the ways of God. Well, it's the same way. Just because you're 60 does not mean in God's eyes that you are a giant in the faith. God, for the experience that he's had over the decades and millennials and years... I think God knows a little bit more still. <laughs> so be open for when the word corrects you. And let me encourage you if you're like, well, I don't really need much correction. The laughing response just gives you the answer for that. I'm not going to say anything else other than you need correction. You want people in your life that you give the liberty to say, correct me. When you see something off, tell me. Why? Because we all got blind spots. My wife corrects me. <gasps> and how do I take it? Like a champ. <laughs> Thanks, wife. I'll do better next time. <laughs> but as long, listen, as long as, can I just, I'll throw this out there. Gently, but not, because I don't really care. If being offended is an option to you, forget the second yes. Because when you say yes to this second degree, there is so much opportunity for offense, it is nuts how much opportunity there is. Oh, I'm too good for this. I'm too good for that. Listen, you are too good for nothing. I will, I, if I have to, I will have to scrape these floors if I have to with my hand. I, that's where I'm at. Listen, the kingdom of God is so backwards compared to how it is out there. We are too good for nothing. Can I give you just a really cool example just in this local church? Can everybody just look to the back door for a moment? Everybody see that guy right over there? I'm going to just, we didn't plan this. I'm just picking on him for a moment. That is Mr. Gordon Smith. <laughs> he is the president and CEO 
of forefront homes. He used to run big, like in Laban homes, he was the second man in charge. He was the Joseph of that company. To this day, this gentleman has done more around here for us personally, whether it's moving stuff around, coming to two services. He's not even on staff. He's here. He's, oh, I'll, I'll put those fences out. Oh, I'll lock this door up. That's all that he does. And for me, I go, I want to be just like that. That is the biggest turn on to me. And he just walked out the back door. <laughs> we know who you are, Gordon. But it's that type of heart and attitude that God goes, I can elevate. Why is their business successful? Yeah, they got brains, but there's more to it than that. There's a heart connection to his house. There's a heart connection to saying, serving, Lord, I want to do what you want for your kingdom. It changes everything. Let me finish off this. Everybody doing okay still? I'm, I know I'm coming at you 2020 like it's hot. But every part of scripture is God breathed and it's useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes. Next, it says it trains us to live God's way. So the word is not just me sitting down and looking for a little, I just could use a little nugget this morning. Forget the nuggets. I'm looking to be trained. The word is here to train you. So please, I, I, I got to... I'm, I'm really asking the Lord, help me to get this across because I'm, I'm not angry. I'm just, I'm real passionate about this. But this word is your training book. When you open it up, I don't want you to just go, oh, that's what, okay, that's, that's really cool that Jesus did that. See how he lived. See how he did things. See why he did things and let that become now your motivation for why you do life. It's huge. It's big time because we got people with wrong motives constantly. And this is one thing that I've even learned from having a platform. The platform is not for me to start showing off what I can do. The platform is to serve. This is what I'm doing. I'm here to serve and I'm here to point people to who our Jesus is. Any other thing, you know, I'd be off this platform so fast. God would remove it so quickly. Why? Because he needs people that have a deep yes and are committed to his, to his purposes. Anyways, training us to live God's way through the word. Everybody say through the word. Through this right here, we are put together. Oh, I just feel like I'm falling apart. That just shows me you're not in the word. Through the word. Again, say it with me. Through the word, we are put together. And what else? Through the word, we are shaped up for the tasks God has for us. As long as the word is an absent thing from us, there's no way we can do any tasks for him. Oh, God, use me. How? <laughs> you said yes to me once. That's great. God loves you, but he can't use you the way that he wants to. So this year, I am calling you and I to a higher level in this word, that it becomes our trainer, that it becomes the one who shows us things. It becomes the one that leads us and shows us, hey, this was wrong. This attitude stinks. Get it out. Okay, sir. Not, well, they did me wrong. No, it has nothing to do with anybody else. It's Jesus and me that are going at this together. It's my race. It's, say with me, my race. Other people are not connected to this race of mine. Why would I let somebody try to discourse me and get me off the race? If they're going to say some nasty things, that's their race and it's going to hinder them. As for me and my race, I am going to stay committed. I'm going to stay on the word. Persecution may come. I am going to continue. If they don't like the tight pants, send me a new pair and I'm going to stay in this flow. This is who you and I are, and this is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And knowing this, as we continue to do this, people will be drawn and drawn to you because of what you are doing. Rather than thinking of new ways to evangelize people, Jesus actually said, if you just love one another, the world will see it. So I'm going to love 
Why? Because I want to reach the lost. Why, why do you love? Well, Jesus commanded it for one, but I have no other ulterior motives other than I'm going to love you because I want the people to see that God cares about them. And how does love do? Love corrects. Love speaks truth. Love shows a way. Love is not a doormat. <laughs> and that's for another session, another time. But I'm going to call up worship team just for a moment coming up here, guys. What I want to do this morning is just this heart was stirring, stirring on my heart. These guys can sing it way better than anybody can. So, But it's just saying the second yes. Now this morning, I don't, I don't know where you're at, but I want to encourage you this morning. What does your second yes look like? Where does it start? Is it maybe a relationship that I have to say, Lord, this thing is constantly tearing me down. People are saying things. Lord, I'm, I'm going to, if I have to let this go, I'm willing to say yes. And when I say yes to him, I'm saying no to something else. Can we all just stand up together? Hello again. Thank you for listening. And if you live in the central Alberta region of Canada, we would love to have you stop by for one of our weekend messages. For directions, service times, and more info on our amazing children's environments, visit us at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.